Section 19 of The Wit and Humor of America, Volume 9. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Marty Chris. The University Intelligence Office by John Kendrick Bangs. Mr. Brief, said the idiot the other morning as the family of Mrs. Smithers' pedagogue gathered at the breakfast table, don't you want to be let in on the ground floor of a sure thing? I do if there's no cellar under it to fall into when the bottom drops out, smiled Mr. Brief. What's up? You going into partnership with Mr. Rockefeller? No, said the idiot. There isn't any money in that. What? cried the bibliomaniac. No money in a partnership with Rockefeller? Not a cent, said the idiot. After paying Mr. Rockefeller his dividend of a hundred and five percent of the gross receipts and deducting expenses from what's left, you'd find you owed him money. My scheme is to start an entirely new business, one that's never been thought of before, apparently. Incorporated at a hundred thousand dollars, of which I am to receive fifty-one thousand dollars in stock for the idea, twenty-four thousand dollars worth of shares to go to Mr. Brief for legal services, and the balance to be put on the market at forty-five. That sounds rich, said Mr. Brief. I might devote an hour of my time to your scheme some rainy Sunday afternoon when there is nothing else to do, for that amount of stock provided, of course, your scheme has no state's prison string tied to it. There isn't even a county jail at the end of it, observed the idiot. It's clean, clear, and straight. It will fill a long-felt want, and, as I see it, ought to pay 50% dividends the first year. They say figures don't lie, and I am in possession of some that tell me I've got a bonanza in my university intelligence office company. The title sounds respectable, said Mr. Whitechoker. What is it, Mr. Idiot? A sort of university settlement scheme? Well, yes, said the idiot. It is designed to get university graduates settled, if you can call that a uh, university settlement scheme. To put it briefly, it's an intelligence office for college graduates where they may go for the purpose of getting a job, just as our cooks and butlers and valets and the rest do. If there's money in securing a place at good wages for the ladies who burn our steaks and promote indigestion for us, and for the gentlemen who keep our trousers pressed and wear out our linen, I don't see why there wouldn't be any money in an institution which did the same thing for the struggling young Bachelor of Arts who is thrown out of the arms of Alma Mater onto the hands of a cold and unappreciative world. At last, cried the doctor, at last I find sanity in one of your suggestions. That idea of yours, Mr. Idiot, is worthy of a genius. I have a nephew just out of college, and what on earth to do with him nobody in the family can imagine. He doesn't seem to be good for anything except sitting around and letting his hair grow long. That isn't much of a profession, is it? said the Idiot. What does he want to do? 
"'That's the irritating part of it,' observed the doctor. "'When I asked him the other night what he intended to do for a living, "'he said he hadn't made up his mind yet "'between becoming a motorman or the editor of the South American Review.' "'That's a satisfactory kind of an answer, eh? "'Especially when the family income is hardly big enough "'to keep the modern youth in neckties.' I don't believe any intelligence office in creation could do anything for a man like that, sneered the bibliomaniac. What that young man needs is a good, sound spanking, and I'd like to give it to him. All right, said the doctor with a laugh. I'll see that you have the chance. If you'll go out to my sister's with me some time next week, I'll introduce you to Bill, and you can begin. Why don't you do it yourself, doctor? said the idiot, noting the twinkle in the doctor's eye. Ha! I'm too busy, laughed the doctor. Besides, I only weigh one hundred and twenty pounds, and Bill is six feet two inches high, and weighs two hundred and ten pounds stripped. I think if I were armed with a telegraph pole, and Bill with only a toothpick as a weapon of defense, he could thrash me with ease. However, if Mr. Bibb wants to try it, "'Send Bill to us, doctor,' said the idiot. "'I sort of like Bill, and I'll bet the University of Intelligence office will get him a job in forty-eight hours. A man who is willing to moat or edit has an adaptability that ought to locate him permanently somewhere.' "'I don't quite see,' said Mr. Brief. "'Just how you are going to work your scheme, Mr. Idiot. "'I must confess I should regard Bill as a pretty tough proposition.' "'Not at all,' said the idiot. "'The only trouble with Bill is that he hasn't found himself yet. "'He's probably one of those easy-going, popular youngsters "'who've devoted their college days to growing.' Just at present, he's got more vitality than brains. I imagine from his answer to the doctor that he is a good-natured hulks who could get anything he wanted in college except a scholarship. I haven't any doubt that he was beloved of all his classmates and was known to his fellows as Old Hoss or Beefy Bill or Blue-Eyed Billy and could play any game from muggins to pit like a hero of a Bret Hart romance. You've sized Bill up all right, said the doctor. He's just that, but he has brains. The only trouble is he's been saving them up for a rainy day, and now when the showers are beginning, he doesn't know how to use them. How would you go about getting him a job, Mr. Idiot? Bill ought to go into the publishing business, said the idiot. He was cut out for a book agent. He has a physique which, to begin with, would command respectful attention for anything he might have to say concerning the wares he had to sell. He seems to have, from your brief description of him, that suavity of manner which would surely secure his admittance into the houses of the elite, and his sense of humor I judge to be sufficiently highly developed to enable him to make a sale wherever he felt there was the remotest chance. Is he handsome? I am told that he looks like me, said the doctor pleasantly. Oh, well, rejoined the idiot. Good looks aren't essential after all. It would be better, though, if he were a man of fine presence. If he's big and genial, as you suggest, he can carry off his deficiencies in personal pulchritude. 
the doctor flushed a trifle oh bill isn't so plain he observed airily there's none of your sissy beauty about bill i grant you but oh well here the doctor twirled his mustache complacently i should think the place for bill would be on the trolley sneered the bibliomaniac no sir returned the idiot never geniality never goes on the trolley in the first place it isn't appreciated by the management and in the second place it is a dangerous gift for a motorman i had a friend once a college graduate of very much bill's kind who went on the trolley as a conductor at seven dollars a week and by jingo would you believe it all his friends waited for his car and of course he never asked any of them for their fare gentlemen he used to say welcome to my car this is on me swindle the company by letting his friends ride free eh said the bibliomaniac never said the idiot pete was honest and he rung em up the same as anybody and of course had to settle with the treasurer at the end of the trip on his first month he was nine dollars out then he couldn't bring himself to ask a lady for money and if a passenger looked like a sport pete would offer to match him for his fare double or quits consequence was he lost money steadily all the hard luck people used to ride with him too and one night it was a bitter night in december and everybody in the car was pretty near frozen pete stopped his car in front of the fifth avenue hotel and invited everybody on board to come in and have a wee dippy all except two old ladies and a chinaman accepted and of course the reporters got hold of it told the story in the papers and pete was bounced i don't think the average college graduate is quite suited by temperament for the trolley service all of which is intensely interesting observed the bibliomaniac but i don't see how it helps to make your university intelligence office company convincing it helps in this way explained the idiot we shall have a board of inspectors made up of men with some knowledge of human nature who will put these thousands of young graduates through a cross-examination to find out just what they can do few of them have the slightest idea of that and they'll gladly pay for the assistance we propose to give them when they have discovered that they have taken the first real step toward securing a useful and profitable occupation if a valedictorian comes into the university intelligence office and applies for a job we'll put him through a third degree examination and if we discover in him those restful qualities which go to the making of a good plumber we'll set about finding him a job in a plumbing establishment if a greek salutatorian in search of a position has a sweep of arm and general uplift of manner that indicates a useful career as a window washer we will put him in communication with those who need just such a person how about the coldly supercilious young man who knows it all and wishes to lead a life of elegant leisure yet must have wages asked the bibliomaniac our colleges are turning out many such he's the easiest proposition in the bunch replied the idiot if they were all like that our fortunes would be established in a week in what way 
persisted the bibliomaniac. "'In two ways,' replied the idiot. "'Such persons are constantly in demand as janitors of cheap apartment houses, which are going up with marvelous rapidity on all sides of us, and as editors of ten-cent magazines, on which on the average there are. I believe five new ones started every day of the year, including Saturdays, Sundays, and legal holidays.' i say mr idiot said the doctor later that was a bully idea of yours about the university intelligence office it would be a lot of help to the thousands of youngsters who are graduated every year but i don't think it's practicable just yet what i wanted to ask you is if you could help me with bill certainly i can said the idiot really cried the doctor yes indeed said the idiot i can help you a lot how what shall i do asked the doctor take my advice whispered the idiot let bill alone he'll find himself you can tell that by his answer oh said the doctor lapsing into solemnity i thought you could give me a material suggestion as to what to do with the boy. Ah, you want something specific, eh? said the idiot. Yes, said the doctor. Well, get him a job as a campaign speaker. This is a great year for the stump, said the idiot. That isn't bad, said the doctor. Which side? Either, said the idiot, or both. Bill has adaptability, and between you and me, from what I hear on the street, both sides are going to win this year. If they do, Bill's fortune's made. End of the University Intelligence Office Reading by Marty Criss